Historically, marriage has been in the hands of men. We know that for hundreds of years, women and femmes lacked autonomy and freedom. Patriarchy is embedded in wedding traditions to the changing of the last name. Our question today is, how do you find liberation within and beyond the wedding vows? Ready when you are. All right. Can you count me off? <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one, go. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode two. Who would have thunk that Welcome we... Welcome back. Yeah? Welcome again. Hello? Anyways, I'm Tajanae. My pronouns are Tajanae they, them. Again, I'm a black, queer, agender, polyamorous, Kansan. Emphasis on the Kansan. Proud to be one. And I'm really excited to expand the conversation and lean more into discomfort. Before that, I wanted to share some analytics from our very first episode. Um, I spent my time refreshing because the numbers kept growing and growing, which is crazy because this is our very first podcast. We have zero experience in doing this. I have only tweeted and Kevin does news. And so it's just incredible to see the growth, right? Yeah, um, it's really surprising. I mean, yeah, um, I work in news and, you know, there's just it's a different style altogether never really thought i would be in a podcast and to see it just you know get attention from you know the people we do know and probably pop people we don't know that's kind of exciting but also a little scary yeah <laughs> just... honestly thought i don't know maybe like two of our friends were gonna listen to it and so i'm just gonna dive into it and so we have a total of 17 followers shout out to y'all holding it down welcome back Thank you for logging into your Spotify account and listening listening again. Or Apple Podcasts. I, okay, sure, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, most of our listeners are from the United States, but 3% are from the UK. So we are international. This is an international podcast, Kevin. Bring on Pitbull. Okay, never mind. Um, beyond that, um, the ages are most common age range is between 23 and 27 which makes sense we're figuring out love trying to get our shit together just adults pretending i guess um i'm almost 27 kevin is not in this age range but that is okay but the second largest is going to be 28 to 34 which i love again you're still exploring like your 30s are still really really young and so you're still questioning love you're still trying to figure shit out yeah, and, you know, what's also been really cool is, you know, not just, you know, getting people who are listening telling us that, you know, they enjoy listening, but, you know, we've had some people just, you know, share their own thoughts and feelings, um, suggestions, even, you know, asking, you know, if we were, you know, ha wanting to extend the conversation to other people. And that's just really cool to see, you know, obviously that this is not a topic exclusive to us or anyone. Um, and so to you know, even the possibility of sharing this space with other people is really exciting. Yeah, um, at 7%, the eight, our audience is 18 to 22, and I love it. Please listen to your elders. We're trying to steer you away from anything and all things, and also you're just trying to figure your shit out, and so I hope 18 to 22 continues to grow. And then at 4% is 45 to 59. And so I'm hoping we can get some older couples, older queer folk to really like give us advice, share some knowledge, tell us that everything is made up beyond your 50s. Like we really don't know what we're doing. And so all this was really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, especially, I mean, we are in the grand scheme of things, we have been very married a very short amount of time. So, you know, we're, we're going through it just like anyone else we're still learning growing challenging ourselves and each other so there's a lot to talk about and a lot to learn that's for sure yeah lastly um 65 of our audience is female 31 percent though is male and that's crazy because when um we first got the analytics under 20 percent was male and so we're slowly seeing men tap in, trying to figure their shit out, trying to unpack some things, and I love that. I hope I continue to see that grow. At 2%, we have non-binary folks, um, so hoping to expand that conversation into the queer community because this is a queer-centered queer podcast too, and so I am truly, truly happy for everybody that has tuned in. Um, we are seriously blown away by all the love we've been receiving. 
everyone's DMing, everybody's talking to us, they're letting us know all thoughts and feelings, and I hope you all continue to do that as this podcast grows. So, Kevin? Um, well, maybe should have done this earlier, but again, I am Kevin. I am Hispanic male, married to Tajane, happily married, um, left-handed, Virgo, September baby, you know, all that good stuff. Um, Shares a birthday with Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't like to brag, but <laughs> I made that my entire personality. <laughs> so, um, our first episode and last episode, we talked about, you know, really the concept of love and dating. You know, both um, are kind of new in the grand scheme of things, um, especially um, dating when it's coming, when, when the aspect of love and choice are factored in. We spoke about how it's progressed through history, talked about a little bit about previous relationships, but really, really got into, you know, how, um, how our families, how growing up, you know, our families shaped our perspectives and our general understanding about love. And then, you know, we also touched on some tools that could help you or anyone navigate modern dating and love. Yeah, so for this one, I'm super, I was super excited for the first one because one, it was our first podcast and I love talking about dating. But this one, we get to talk about being married because I love being married and being 26, almost 27, I guess, seeing a lot of people our age not married, which was, it's an interesting turn of event because in college, um, that's all we saw. That's all, all I saw. Let me not generalize. I saw a lot of people getting engaged, um, a lot of people having kids that were young at my age, I, maybe college age isn't young, 22, 23, but it was fairly young for me. And so being almost 26 and looking at my friend group and like, we're the only married couple, it's interesting, it's different. And so I'm excited to dive more into that. Yeah, um, and on the flip side for me, I um, grew up Hispanic Catholic household and so, you know, going to church, I saw a lot of younger couples, you know, just getting hitched and having children and really getting that part of their life started much earlier than, you know, we did and haven't done some of those things. So um, definitely um, interesting to see that that trend or that shift to um, getting married older, having children older and um yeah, not to say that either way is right, of course. Right. And that's one of the things I think almost every episode we'll talk about. There's almost no right way to do things, but, you know, there are certainly wrong ways. Um, <laughs> you know, those are the things we all want to avoid. Yeah. Um, so to start us off, I was on Twitter, like I usually do, if you know, you know. And I saw this tweet from at Emily K. May, and it said, Marriage for a long time was an economic choice that was made by necessity rather than desire. Women and femmes in particular are now shifting to getting married if they want to, not because they have to. It's interesting to see which subset of men feel threatened by that. And I really, really resonated with this tweet because one, I'm all for making men mad, if you know, you know. And two, I am all for women and femmes getting married if they want to because what actual individual benefit does it have for us? Men get maids, they get incubators, cooks, therapists. It's very obvious that the quality of life for men goes up when they're married. Yeah, that's definitely a saw. Also, you know, as I mentioned, Catholic Hispanic household, very much rooted in machismo. And even though that my parents, I can, I can very proudly say that they are much more progressive um, when it comes to you know that that you know typical Hispanic household. Um, there is still, you know, a lot of gender rules that were fulfilled. You know, my dad, you know, for the longest time before my mom started working again, he was the sole provider of the family. So that meant my mom stayed home. She cooked, cleaned, took care of us. And, um, you know, never once questioned that or pushed back against that. Um, that's not to say, you know, that there are people you know, who don't, who you can't find fulfillment, you know, there's not to say that you can't find fulfillment in that kind of, you know, breakdown of roles and responsibilities, because that is a very valid thing to do. People can find love and fulfillment in, you know, taking care of the house, taking care of children, and, you know, really divvying up those responsibilities, if that's, you know, something that's been agreed upon. But, you know, I think what's 
important nowadays is to realize and emphasize that that is not some kind of you know monolith you know something that has to be adhered to adhered to and something that you know does or would work for everyone very true i've seen his mom do it all i remember i think maybe the first holiday um kevin has a very big family and everyone gets together in one house and it's, it's a really good feeling and i look forward to it every single year um and i see the women like serving and like cooking and doing all the work and i think the first time i like leaned over to kevin and i was like do they want to sit down like should we be helping and kevin's like no like they're fine it's just like that stresses me out like you're doing so much work you're doing everything and like that's just the culture and it's not anything that i can critique and i'm not trying to say it's bad or it's good it's just like that's the culture and that was something that i was really really new to um and it also made me feel like damn should i like get up and make kevin a plate obviously i didn't um i because you know why would i just kidding yeah why would you <laughs> um it was just shocking to me it did it just it was just interesting to see because in my household it was flipped for the longest time and so at first my mom was the the caretaker she took us to all the appointments she made all the appointments um reminded my dad to do his appointments took us to the conferences knew everything that uh she needed to know uh and then my dad couldn't work anymore and so my mom became the sole provider and my dad was the stay-at-home dad and so he cooks and he's a really good cook and so i'm so glad he does that now yeah i i'm agreeing with you there <laughs> i can see kevin like nodding as i'm saying like my dad throws down every single holiday every single day and i absolutely love it he also cleans uh he takes care of the home he loves the garden i don't think he wants me to say that out loud you know patriarchy i'm sure like that's still not a masculine thing to do but my dad loves plants he is like the green thumb in the family i kill plants so i obviously didn't get that trait um he taught us slash made us because my dad has no sons uh mow the lawn and so that's just something i just know how to do um do yard work kind of taught us some car stuff kind of didn't um, so it was a really interesting childhood and it explains why my sisters and I are really, really independent and expect others to be too. And so if I wasn't, Kevin and I do a really good job at like splitting the chores, splitting everything we need to do. But like if, if I was with a partner that expected me to cook and clean, it wouldn't work out because in my household, there were no gender roles. It was like, why do I have to cook when I watched my dad cook? You should be the one that's cooking and I should be working. Um, and so... Shout out to my father, because we are not made to marry men who expect us to just cook and clean. We are way too dynamic for that. Um, even Kevin has to remind me sometimes, like, hey, can you like put your clothes away? My bad, bro. It's just, it's just, it's just something I did not do. That's that's the independence, right? <laughs> okay, maybe that's not independence. That's just me being lazy or forgetful. My fault. But yeah, it's just, I grew up beyond that whereas kevin like saw that growing up and so you can imagine how the household was when kevin and i moved in and maybe he had an expectation of me and i had an expectation of him and we never talked about it so obviously that can cause some tension yeah um that that was definitely you know it was it's it's a lot more subliminal than i think a lot of people realize you know obviously you know you grow up under a certain you know just lifestyle and you you learn from that you absorb it and so when you eventually start your own life and especially with a partner you know you start you move in with someone for the first time you don't fully realize that like all that stuff just it comes back and it, and it becomes almost like okay there's something missing um and you, you there's just so many things that you you don't realize like you you've just accepted you know where my dad you know shout out to him again you know um so great and he'll cook too you know he's he's definitely you know taking sure. taking a lot of um responsibility oh, i mean especially after we left the house <laughs> but um you know he, he throws down too he does a lot of his own chores and it, it's definitely a lot more split but you know when i when we first moved in together i was there was just like oh dinner isn't it's not at the table <laughs> also we didn't have a table <laughs> well, we, well we didn't have a table but when we did it was like oh but the, the dinner's not there not, there, there isn't a mom to, to, to just make dinner no like without question 
Um, and it's not something I didn't even like, it's not something I like, I pressured Tajne to do. It was just something that I didn't realize that I had come to expect in my household as I guess, I guess I can consider myself the, actually, no, I'm not going to say patriarch because that's, Whoa. we're fighting against that. But as the male, the male in the house, I didn't know that that was something that I had just come to expect after, after, you know, moving out. Yeah, I was just chilling. Like <laughs> he would come home, hey, hey, you guys were having chips for dinner. There, there was times where I tried. We moved in um, peak pandemic, like 2020, and so there wasn't like much shit for me to do. And so that I was cooking, I was trying, um, not because I thought that was my role. One, my role has always been remote, so I'm a remote worker, so I'm already at home and I already like to cook, and so. I didn't make that my role because of gender roles. I just made it because I'm bored and I'm already here and Kevin doesn't have time to cook. And so it it didn't come down to a matter of, you're the man, so I'm gonna cook for you. It came down to, okay, so who has time for what? Right, and even, it's just, again, you know, yeah, height of the pandemic, a lot of things going on, but also, you know, back then I was working evening shifts. So mm. it's not like we had the, the typical American household anyways, you know? man comes home at six o'clock you know and then his wife goes you know honey dinner's ready <laughs> and he's we, like yeah, yeah i just came back from the work store and i'm starving yeah no he came home at like 10 p.m we would probably have dinner around 10 30 11. we didn't have a table so like we would sit on our little futon we also didn't have a couch um so it was a great time i enjoyed that, that was, it was <laughs> there's a bit of magic in that just like it was just so fluid so chaotic just something just trying things whether it's just trying different recipes or just oh i guess let's go here for dinner or yeah yeah the just so it was, it was a time and i think that's the beauty of our marriage we were just trying shit out it, i never felt pressured to be like okay this is my role i'm gonna do the laundry and i don't do laundry shout out to kevin kevin is a laundry guy um uh, i hate doing it um so i never felt pressured to fit into a specific role I felt pressured to just do my part, just as a partner. I wasn't pressured like, this is your expectation. You need to be cooking and cleaning. It's like you live, and we also have a roommate. Like we, this pressure should be on all of us. We live in this house, so all of us should be doing our part. Yeah, that's definitely become a lot more communal, um, especially after we bought our house. You know, we've just been bouncing around apartments. And, you know, I think it was, it was last year where we moved like, two different times yeah. three different times something like that and it was there was all that going on so um to say that we finally come into some kind of stability yes but also there's still you know a lot of a little bit of fluidity here and there that i think you know still you know still some kinks to work out as far as you know roles and responsibilities that you know it's it's like i said it's a lot of things that you just kind of come to expect and then when you when it doesn't happen you're, you're just like okay now what yeah, that's where all the communication stuff comes in when it comes to marriage, especially if you're trying to like unpack misogyny and patriarchy. It's like, okay, we don't have gender roles, but what what do we have time to do? How do we split the chores? How do we split whatever? Um, so we're going to transition a little bit. We talked a little bit about our marriage and how it may not reflect the traditional cisgender heterosexual marriage. Um, but really today we are talking about marriage. How does it benefit us? Is it even necessary? Why are we even married? And so um, this is from a Harvard study from 2019, a major survey of 127,545 American adults found that married men are healthier than men who were never married or whose marriages ended in divorce or widowhood. Men who have marital partners also live longer than men without spouses men who marry after 25 get more protection than those who tie the tie the knot at a younger age and the longer a man stays married the greater his survival advantage over his unmarried peers um, before we walked into um the room to start the podcast i was talking to kevin and i was just like you know because you're married you're like better off in life now what do i get yeah i was like right before we got married i think i was about to drop dead <laughs> had no idea how he was just well actually 
Yeah, because I've been to your bachelor, bachelor pad before, <laughs> while we were dating, before we got married. Let's not talk about that. Are we sure? This is this this is outside the podcast okay. zone. I will just say his quality of life skyrocketed when we started dating and then when we moved into each other. Let me just say that. We're not going to talk about Volusia. Shout out to Volusia, though. But <laughs> it, I, I can resonate so much with this. It's just like, yeah, Kevin has a better quality of life and like... Mine hasn't gotten worse, but it's just like I'm just here. Oh, I won't. I'll counter that. I think I think I've I've helped you. I've guided you in some ways. Okay, I'm not gonna say like, yeah, Kevin. Shit, I think we mutually benefited for sure. But statistically, like now you're gonna live longer, and I'm just here. Well, I mean, I think statistically, women and femmes live longer anyway. Yes. So. Ex- well, okay, yeah. Off- obviously, to the point that you know you don't need us, but we kind of need you. And that's crazy, which is why I resonated so much with that tweet. It's just like, that's why men are getting mad. That's why they like keep throwing these like, oh, your biological clock is running. It's because they're terrified because I'm going to be kicking it with the homegirls until I'm 102 and you got four days to live. That's sick. Yeah. So, you know, just to make sure that, you know, we're always going back to one of our you know central tenets about loving yourself taking care of yourself, you know, it's make that doctor's appointment. This is your sign right now. <laughs> Call a doctor, any doctor. They'll, they'll do the thing. Um, just any of you, any, all of you, but also especially the men. Take care of yourself. You should not need someone to tell you to take care of yourself. Um, tell your friend too. Share, share, share the love, share the health. So that way we all live to be 200. We'll see about that. But yeah, the 31% of men who is listening to this, please tell your friends to make a dentist appointment. Your teeth and your gums will kill you. That is terrifying. That is my piece of advice from this. That's the only thing you should take away from this podcast. Floss. (laughs) Um, There are more studies on men and loneliness, and for some, their incapability of creating emotional friendships outside of their marriage. And I see that on Twitter. I see that in general. Do men have people to talk to? And I'm sure you do, but I mean like beyond like superficial stuff. I'm talking about like when you need a good cry, if you even cry, where are you going? Because you you lean on your wife, your spouse a lot, but like if I die or if your spouse dies, what what are you doing? Bottling it all up. Oh my gosh. Putting it, shove it down. Jesus Christ. Don't think about the darkness. Wow. Don't let it settle. Okay. Just just be <laughs> so it's very obvious that the role of marriage the role that marriage plays for men um and why they try to scare us into this uh, they always reiterate like you're gonna die lonely like who's gonna take care of you on your deathbed my friends because i make friends i cry with friends i go to brunch who are you who's gonna be at your deathbed if you're not marriage married absolutely no one and that's terrifying to you which is why you're trying to like scare us into this because women and femmes have so much autonomy now that they're choosing not to because there's really not an obvious benefit to it and um to that point you know there's in this you know the more progressive waves of feminism i think you know they've really discovered not just independence but um community you know mm. that i actually shout out to bell hooks in Ooh. all about love that um basically um, the main reason why women and femmes are seen as the gossipers is because that's when they really let down the mask. That's when they shed away all the, the, the fake, you know, walls that they put up for men, um, all the fake things that they have to say to appease men, to make them happy. And then they go to their friends, to their people, and then they let it all out. They let they say what they really want to say. They express their real feelings and, you know, men. We gossip too. Let's let's be sure real. Do. We gossip and it's okay. Let down the mask. Talk about your feelings. Talk about how Jeff really pissed you off the other day, <laughs> and and just just feel. It is okay. Gossiping is fun. It is. I love it when Kevin comes home. He's just like, oh, and then goes into it. It's like, yes. <laughs> please tell me your work drama. I don't know any of these people, but please tell me what is happening because I am so interested. I, there's a tweet, and when I find it, I will retweet it, but the tweet says, think of the messiest person you know. It's a man, isn't it? And it is. The messiest person in your life is a man. And for me, it's Kevin. I know you all think that Kevin is introverted and quiet. He is doing that because he's watching you. 
and then he's gonna go back home and he's gonna tell me Stop. all of this. You're, you're, you're revealing my secrets, and that's not the intention. We're talking about marriage here. My bad, my bad. But yeah, it's it's I'm encouraging men to seek those bonds beyond the marriage, and if you're not married, beyond the relationship. If you're not in a relationship, just beyond. Um, I'm really hoping that men can can create those deep bonds of like gossip or just like being emotional because if you don't because first of all women are not choosing you women are choosing not to get married and so if you don't have that spouse or that wife to lean on who are you talking to who who are you leaning on what community are you building you know right right and to that point you know the the this episode isn't about convincing people to get a divorce i'm obviously if you're in a deeply unhappy relationship get that divorce (laughs) but you know that's not the point of this that the point is that marriage is a beautiful thing and you should seek it if you really want it yeah um i love being married yeah oh nah i think we're both in agreement there absolutely so we're this is we're not trying to be like you know what fuck it you don't get married because i love being married marriage is stupid yeah i love the cute little rings i love that we have matching ring sets um obviously like the legal privileges are pretty cool too like kevin can't testify against me if something happens i love that um but yeah i love marriage and so this conversation is really about how can you create the marriage and the bond that isn't rooted in those gender roles or that patriarchy how do you create like a fulfilling, um, enriching marriage. And so we really want to have that conversation about unpacking it um, and shaping the way that you want it to be shaped. And so the statistics that I named from the Harvard uh, briefing were obviously kind of centered around the cis-heterosexual marriage. With queer marriages, they look so different because inherently our existence goes against gender norms and the binary and traditional roles. And so me just existing as a queer person I just automatically go against the state and all of these these binaries just by breathing, um, which is probably why I love our marriage because it's not rooted in that patriarchy because the work I had to do to unpack that to figure out my queerness cannot exist in my marriage because that, that inherently goes against me. Um, so there's so much I demand in my queerness and as a result, there's so much I demand in my marriage and my relationships. And so the autonomy and the freedom to exist as who I am and the autonomy and freedom to exist as who I am in this marriage. And that marriage can't can't step on that. It can't, it can't put me back in that box. And if it does, then the marriage does not work for me. Right. And, you know, there's, you know, obviously liberation, that's a huge, you know, goal in, in this whole relationship, you know, uh, or that's, that's one of the main talking points here is, you know, finding a liberation within you know, within the ball and chain, you know, within Ooh. the institution. Uh, <laughs> um, and but, you know, this is also, you know, that the, there as we, you know, find more progress, you know, in in life, in relationships, in society, you know, there is space, there is room for men to find liberation, to find freedom, mm. to find, you know, I guess, <laughs> emotional enlightenment. In a way, you know, this is this is a space for everyone. That's the point. This is for everyone. I want to give a shout out to Kevin for all of the work that he has been doing to really unpack machismo or patriarchy or toxic masculinity. And it is a journey like there. I don't 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 know when the destination is going. I don't know about that, but it is a long journey. And so all the readings of the ethical slut or all the readings of All About Love by Bell Hooks, it's a lot of like self what is the word like introspection is that a word introspective sure okay yeah coining a new word really just looking within to kind of unpack all that shit that's given to you as a child and how it molds you into a liberated being because like if you if you carry that that patriarchy into this marriage obviously it suffocates me as a queer person obviously it's not going to work like you have to be your best self for every relationship that you enter in. Right, and you know, not e- not even being forced to, just, you know, naturally being challenged, you know, by who Tajane is as a person. You know, I mean, Tajane will challenge just about anyone. 
But Tajane will challenge. If there's anyone that Tajane truly challenges, it's the people closest in their life. Um, so that being me, um, <laughs> there's just a lot that I've had to, um, you know, come to terms with, come to really face. Um, and some things that, you know, I'm still facing and kind of questioning and examining, analyzing, putting under the microscope, doing every little bit of, you know, inspection possible. Um, and I've come to just learn a lot about myself, um, how to find my own happiness, how to find, you know, how to make Tajane happy, of course, but also really finding the things that make me happy. And that's been easily one of the most rewarding things about this relationship. Um, and there's, there's a lot you can learn from challenging the roles in your life and just questioning why things are the way why things are the way they are. Mm. So yeah, so a bit of a back, some background about Kevin and I. So we met in 2016 when we were children, just babies. I was 19 and he was 21 and we were both about to start Wichita State. I had just transferred from Fort Hayes State University. So it was gonna be like my second year, I think. And it was gonna be Kevin's first year. Um, and we dated briefly that summer. It was a little summer romance, a little something from the rock for the rom-com young adult books book section. It was it was fun. Um, and then before the school year started, started, we went our separate ways, but always found our way back to each other. Always ran in the same circles, uh, whether it was uh, fraternity, sorority life, or just like being involved because I was very involved. Unfortunately, in college, it took up a lot of my time. Um, so we always just like we're in the same circles. We always saw each other. And then I became friends with his fraternity brothers. And so I was always in that space. And if you remember that, don't talk about it. Don't want to talk about that time. <laughs> yeah, um, that was, it, it, again, it was, it was as Tajane said that um, somehow, you know, twist of fate, maybe destiny, however you want to see it, you know, we, we found each other again. And, you know, it took, we took more time with it, you know, and just being friends, um, just connecting, learning about each other in, you know, subtle, indirect ways. And eventually, you know, it's really dating. I, I like to say dating for the first time, mm. um, but, you know, it was, it was that time that, that we spent with each other, with other people that really solidified, you know, this is someone that I want to spend my time with and eventually you know we kept on developing kept on growing we kept on growing and it you know really grew in to love mm -hmm. and I really you know I said to myself you know I choose Tajane mm -hmm. I want to be with Tajane and to this day I want to choose Tajane that's me so yeah 2018 we got engaged in April of 2021 we eloped. We didn't tell anybody. We ran away to Colorado. Didn't even tell our parents. I'm sure that made our parents upset. Um, got married in July of 2021. Coming up on our two-year anniversary in like, what, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Whew, that's crazy. And we've been together ever since. So like five years now. Um, we've been polyamorous, though, since September of 2022. Um, and I think we were so involved and growing and just so in love like we i don't we never talked about polyamory um in the beginning of our relationship maybe that's codependency maybe it's maybelline i don't know <laughs> but it, we were just like with each other that like the thought of anyone else wasn't really necessary right and i know that the pandemic was a really big factor in that in mm -hmm. that you know it was a uh, shortly into the pandemic that we decided to move in together and you know it was that that remote work that social distancing that you know not going you know out unless you needed to kind of mindset that really it maybe it fostered the codependency maybe that's just how we were in general as people but you know it was just it was yeah a lot of time just spent with each other and we didn't really think much of it until yeah last late last year yeah, we were very comfortable just with ourselves. And like polyamory has, and we'll have future episodes talking about polyamory, but polyamory has really opened up the door of expanding into other relationships, meaning like 
we're centering friendships too. And so during that time, during the pandemic, tried our best to keep in touch with everybody, but it was so like isolating that like we had each other. And so the only thing that we really needed was each other. So we weren't really like talking to friends. We weren't really centering them. We weren't really creating those friendships that's needed to be a fulfilling adult. We really just like relied on each other for everything. And so like when we expanded into polyamory, it's just like, yeah, we are able to have fulfilling romantic relationships with everybody. But like now's the time for me to call my friend and like we should catch up. We should have lunch. We should be creating sustainable relationships beyond romantic relationships. Um, so yeah, the pandemic, I'm just going to blame it on the pandemic. It was awful. You can blame literally everything on the <laughs> pandemic. Like shout out shout out no actually no we won't go there yeah let's not give a virus too much credit <laughs> but um yeah i think following you know really the height and i know we're still you know we're COVID's still around so you know be be careful out there but also you know in this age where you know people are kind of coming out of the cave mm. you know uh, it makes me you know I, I guess one of the one things about you know non-monogamy polyamory all that stuff is that that i've really come to appreciate is that um, personally, I've just really, I never thought I, I needed community, but I do. I seek it. I want it. And I love having it. You know, <laughs> you know, the, we love being hosts. We love having people, we love having friends, meeting new people, um, but strengthening old relationships too. You know, there's, there's a lot of love that can go around and it's rewarding, you know, to, to have that. It, it, it's, it's extremely rewarding. Um, and so I think that that is a good way to segue into one of our questions. Um, you know, what is liberating in your our marriage? Mm. It's crazy because like we wrote these questions. It's just like, wow, this question is still really hard. But and you'll hear me do this throughout this whole podcast. I saw a tweet. <laughs> sometimes I remember the, the Twitter user's name. Sometimes I won't. But I remember a tweet. Maybe it was an article. But it states like, if you are not willing to accept that your partner is going to become a different person while you're together, you should not get married. It's kind of like the concept, like if you can't handle or, or accept the fact that you are gonna have a child that is gay or trans, don't have a child. Um, so it's kind of that same concept. It's like, it's liberating to know that I am always evolving. When I started dating Kevin, Kevin, um, 19 to like, 22 23 um identified as a woman didn't identify as polyamorous didn't identify as queer um and now almost 27 years old i'm a completely different person and i think it's it's the freedom and and the love um that i get to know that in 10 years i'm probably going to be someone else and i'm probably still going to be with kevin and so it's like i i get the freedom to just grow and become these different people i i get to be the 10 different people between the ages of 19 and 102 um, and i love that and i don't i don't feel like i have to be in this box i don't feel like i have to remain the same person that i was 19 because that's impossible i'm not the same person and i get the grace and the acceptance to grow into the person i'm supposed to be right now identify as non-binary trans who knows what i'm gonna be in the next 10 years and i just feel so loved um to know that kevin is there to like guide me or support me or help me or whatever and that's really really liberating because i think a lot of times because of gender roles and traditional roles you are going to you are stuck in this cycle you are going to be a wife a housewife that takes care of the house then you're going to be a mother um maybe you throw a career in there or maybe not and then you become a grandmother and those are your identities as for me it's like i can't wait to be a parent but i'm also going to be a parent on top of someone completely different and i get the opportunity to explore that yeah that that i think what i've really come to enjoy about our marriage is you know even if there were some kind of roles that we you know instilled in ourselves i think both of us as people we don't um we try our best not to hold each other back we are our biggest cheerleaders um and you know that that wasn't always the easiest thing you know especially when you know especially when tajane was doing something that you know took them out of the house a lot like the community mm -hmm. fridge project that was a bump just because they it took up so much of their energy mm -hmm. um and a lot of their time and i wanted to support but I also wanted, you know, a partner. 
but I've come to realize that, you know, obviously that this was a, an important thing and it's still extremely important, you know, donate to the fridge. Um, but I, I saw the growth. I saw the growth and I saw how, what, what this meant to Tajane and, um, I only want to support now. I, I only want to encourage them to do what they want to do. Um, the only thing I ask is that you come home for dinner. And I will bring dinner home because I'm not cooking. Um, what I, how I support and love Kevin, because Kevin has grown a lot since college, um, and it's been incredible to watch him. But Kevin has identified, Kevin is still an introvert. I love that because I'm the extrovert. Um, and I think it balances out perfectly. And so, we would attend events together. Kevin wouldn't really like go out and explore on his own unless it was with people that he really, really knew. And I was used to that. I was like, we either go to the event together or like Kevin's not gonna go. And that was cool. And it worked like that. And now Kevin was like, oh, okay, y'all, I'm gonna have a boys night. Without me, I can't go. You're gonna go out by yourself and I have to stay home. I will counter saying that like, even even in the boys' nights, I miss Tajane. So <laughs> sometimes I still want to invite them. Um, but you know, there's there's never a time where I feel like you know, oh, I gotta I gotta go. You know, Tajane's calling me back. Mm. Um, but there's it's just always love. It's and, and you know whether it's you know going out with some friends or going out on a date. You know, I think it's the constant of you know I get to come home and. I get to come home to Tajane. And that that part of, you know, that part of the relationship is so it's always rewarding. It's always, you know, brings me peace, brings me comfort, it brings me security. It just it gives me that balance that, you know, even in like the lowest points, you know, I'll always have Tajane and it, when it when it comes to that, you know, things really can't be bad. Wow. I promise I'm not holding the gun up to his head. Like, my hands are on my lap when he's saying all these things. And it's great. Um, another thing that I just thought about is Kevin and I, when, when you saw us back in the day, like early dating, you saw us together. Like, if you saw us at a new restaurant, um, you saw us together. If you saw me, you saw him. That's just what happened. Um, and then we made a pack like, you know, we only try new restaurants together. Like, especially because I have a food block. Like, we only do this together. And then when we became polyamorous, I was like, okay, like, you just can't take them to a new restaurant. Like, that was a boundary that we had. Like, you, because that was our thing, you know? You can't take them to a new restaurant. Or like, I, I have to go there first before you take them. And now it's just like, Kevin's gonna, we're gonna try this new Mexican place. It's just like, okay. I'll go sometime whenever, but you have fun. And it's hard, but like, I would like to say that's growth. I don't know about you. No, I mean, I still don't want to go to new places without <laughs> you. That's just like, that's just a thing. That's just a thing now. Yeah. And like, it, it's just a matter of like, why would I go somewhere new with this person I don't know when I could go somewhere new with Tajane? And I know <laughs> that like, even if the food is like somehow the worst, I'm still going to have a good time because I'm with Tajane. Mm, okay, I take it back. Maybe that's still a boundary. Maybe I lied. <laughs> um, but like seeing a movie on our own, just rem trying to be interdependent and doing things on our own and like having those small freedoms, having the boys night or me going out to brunch with friends. It's just usually a lot of times couples do couple things together and maybe men do the guys night and women do the girls night. But it's just like keeping that autonomy throughout the whole thing and continuing to grow as a different person. Right. Obviously, you know, it goes without saying, but, you know, you don't have to have the same likes mm. and hobbies as your partner. And in some ways, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's it's healthy to have time away from your partner. Um, and that's something I didn't realize for the longest time, because, you know, other than work, I would just go straight home. I would go to, you know, I would be with Tajane and there was... I mean, you could almost you almost couldn't convince me to do anything else. Um, but that in that way, you know, I kind of stifled my own growth because there are things that I want to try that maybe Tajane doesn't particularly care for. And um, I would just tell myself, you know, I, no, I, I shouldn't do that or I don't want to do that because I would take away from Tajane. And it's still something that sometimes I consider or that I think about just because, you know, 
why would I do something that takes me away from Taj and Nate? <laughs> it's because I want to do it. And it's because that it would still make me happy. And then again, at the end of the day, I go home or I, wherever I go, wherever I come from, I still go back to Taj and Nate. I want him to do the things he wants to do because I'm not with that anime shit like that. Like there are four solid animes that I'll watch and there's just like things that he wants to watch. Like Jojo, I'm not watching that shit. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm not going to be a part of it. But I want him to explore that. If there's a Jojo convention and you get to dress up and do the poses, I want you to do I'm not going. I'm staying home, but I want you to do it. You know? Shout out to anime though. <laughs> Like, and you know, Fook the haters. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I think <laughs> this is not an easy transition because we just ended off with JoJo, but I'm gonna go into the next question. I wanna know, how do you see yourself or others in your family, in your friendships, exude patriarchy or toxic ma masculinity in marriage or not even in marriage, just like in general, you hang out with the boys. And first of all, I love his friend group. They're dope. It doesn't have to be that specific friend group, but like, what are you seeing? You know, I, it's funny that you, you know, we, we, we have this question, you know, in marriage and it's hard to say, cause you know, we don't have a whole lot of friends who are couples, <laughs> or at least not that we spend a lot of time with, you know, definitely, you know, want to spend time with, you know, more people, of course, but you know, I, I'm with a lot of, you know, either I spend time with guys who are either, you know, single or, or I'm in relationships. Maybe some of them are, are more serious, more long-term, some of them not so much. Um, but you know, growing up, you know, I, I just saw a lot of, you know, <laughs> objectification, you know, even even for people who are in relationships, like for some reason, it, it almost seemed like they can't help but ogle, stare, talk about, you know, other other people, you know, the, the woman that they see. And it just it always felt gross to me, like. I would just go along because I didn't want to seem weird. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, totally. They are so hot, you know. They and, and I would barely even be looking at them. Um, but you know, um, just going back, you know, to to patriarchy, toxic masculinity. You know, it was that you know that expectation. I think that's the main thing that I see is that you know a lot of men think they are owed something because they have a woman in their life. And um, that's obviously that's not right or it's not the best be best outlook, but it's also, you know, it's something that they grew up with. You know, there is just such a strict gender role in, you know, a lot of Hispanic culture and not even Hispanic culture, just a lot of cultures in general that man provides woman takes care, caretakes. And I don't know what's the actual, you know, definition of it, but. The, the, that was very pervasive and you know breaking out of that i just I, I, I get to appreciate a lot more about myself and you know tajane because there's not a pattern there's not a pattern there's no expectations it just feels free wow i think that's i can't i mean i'm sure i can answer it but I surround myself with a lot of badass women and a lot of badass femmes. And so um, they don't take shit from men who exude patriarchy or toxic masculinity. Um, they will immediately leave or they will check that shit. And I, so, um, and I love that, especially my sister. My sister will not stand, my, Natiana, you're great. She definitely knows what she wants uh, and she will not settle for anything less. And so I'm surrounded by people who like, will not settle for the alpha man or whatever they want to identify as. And so um, that just speaks to my community and who I surround myself with. So, you know, talking about, you know, what we don't, what we don't take or what we don't accept on the flip side nowadays, you know, in this, you know, relationship that we do have, you know, what do you demand? Mm, and I do love this question. Um, because there's women and femmes historically didn't demand. We didn't get the option to demand every, anything. It's just like we didn't have the option to have standards or like we just accepted whatever was given to us. And so this whole uh, third or fourth wave feminism movement where we see people, women, femmes not selling for anything, um, anything less than what we deserve. But 
I, what do I demand? Hmm. I think we really talked about it. Um, I really demand like the space and autonomy to exist who I am. Like I don't want anything to like kind of put my queerness in a box or put my blackness in a box. Um, so I demand that freedom and that understanding and that empathy and that grace to like always evolve into someone new. And if I was with Kevin or if I was with someone who was just like, mm, I think you're doing too much, you would never see me again. You would, I would, you would, I would not last. Um, so just, I just need space to be me. Like, I, I don't even know if it's a demand. It's just like you accept me fully for who I am or it's just like, I don't, I don't know, buddy. I hope you pay for Tinder travel because I don't know where else you're going to find <laughs> something else. Um, so that's, I don't know. It, demand is just such an interesting word because it's just like, am I demanding it or am I just like, I'm not even asking you. It's just like, this is it or it's nothing. I think it's important to like, when we really talking about demanding, you know, so it could be, it could seem like a hard word and like, you know, is that is that even fair to demand something of your partner? Mm. And I will say that if you're going as far to make the choice to get married, I think it's totally fair to demand. Mm. You know, you're obviously, yes, you can divorce. You can, you know, leave. You can separate. You can do all these things. But while you are together, while you are making this, you know, lifetime commitment, it's I think it's totally valid to make have demands, you know. Obviously, this isn't supposed to be some kind of dictatorship, but, you know, if you don't have, if you feel like you don't have any rights to ask or demand or to make requests even, then, you know, you're not really in a relationship. You're kind of, you know, you're kind of serving. Mm. And I don't do that. So I want to know, we talk, especially because, like, we talked about what benefit marriage serves for women and femmes. Um, what role does marriage have in a progressive society? Like, do you do you think it's even going to last? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question because, you know, it uh, and some arguments could be like, you know, yeah, what is the point? You know, other than, you know, the tax benefits or mm-hmm. any kind of, legal loopholes that you know are available to you in um a legal you know marriage compared to just you know some kind of domestic partnership or anything else like that um i think really marriage is a more beautiful choice than ever because it's a choice Mm. you know and 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 especially you know for people who are queer or Mm. who are trans non-binary Anyone who fits, who does not fit in the traditional um, gender norms, you know, it's it is making that true choice, and it's 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 making that you know that commitment to someone that you just love, that you want to give yourself to fully and completely for the rest of your days. It's you know it's something that's hard to think about because you know it's it's like that. Um, it's like that outcast song forever forever ever <laughs> forever ever um it's in in that way you know it can be scary but i also think that you know when you find someone that you know you you can continue to grow that you can continue to challenge each other continue to excite each other surprise each other then <laughs> really it almost doesn't matter what kind of society you live in that's just it's just beautiful love yeah, I choose. I chose to be married, and I choose to be married to Kevin, not for really any benefits, even though Kevin will now live longer because he is married, so that's great for him. But I cho- I always choose to be married because I, it's just, I don't know. I just, I just want to be with Kevin forever, like legally, legally recognized. And if for some reason, like the marriage license burnt up or expired or whatever happens to it, I just want to be with Kevin and you don't need a marriage to like signify that kind of love. Again, it's only if you want to, because we can get into whole wedding. This is why we eloped. Weddings are expensive. It's, it's the whole symbolism and all that, all that is out the window. I choose to be legally recognized and married to Kevin because that is someone I want to share my life with as well as all the benefits. Like 
this is and he legally gets a say in my life and that's the only person i want to have a say about my life that is the person that i trust the most with my with my life with my life yes i'm gonna say it <laughs> yeah that, i mean you in the, in that way you know you don't even call it uh, a role mm. it is just you know it, it's a choice mm. it's a choice and it is a commitment and um obviously you know the, you, you you can try your best um but it, it should be with the right person um and it's it's love it's it's love in you know in a in a very pure form other than you know the dresses and the and the and the catering and the the dj and all that stuff all that all that you know if if you feel that 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 amplifies you know this ceremonial commitment you know all power to you you know good for you especially if you're you know willing to to drop those kind of dollars like that's <laughs> that's insane to me honestly not to say that i wouldn't i didn't i wouldn't think it'd be worth it to spend that kind of money on like our marriage like I just think that that's not what was necessary at that time for us to really make this, you know, I guess, commitment, you know, real. Mm. So our last question, I think we get this question. Or I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of people want to ask us, what's the point of marriage and an ethical, non-monogamous, polyamorous relationship? Like, what's the point of it? If you're dating other people, why are we married? Well, you know, and we'll talk about this too, you know, when it comes to relationship styles, you know, for some people, it may not matter all that much at all. Mm. Maybe they, maybe at the, to that point, you know, and especially when you consider stuff like relationship anarchy, maybe for those people, our marriage is not even in the picture mm. and that's fine. You know, for many people, maybe you don't, you don't ever have to be married. You could just have, you know, those strong partnerships and, um, that could be it, you know, that that is still beautiful in and of itself. But I think for us, you know, who we see each other as our primaries. And I, I, I think that what what really makes us makes that stand out in being married is that like, I don't want that to change. I think I want, I want to keep that ring. I, I, I never want, you know, to <laughs> have a house with anyone else. I never want to have children with anyone else. I no matter who else I could be seeing at any given time, I always want Tajane to be my number one. I am so honored. I almost feel like Beyonce, but I'm not. But yeah, basically the same. It's just we get the opportunity to explore different relationships with people and we'll fall in love with people. But it's just I choose Kevin like that. That is Kevin is the best way I can explain it is Kevin is my life partner. Kevin is my best friend. Um, I If something happens to me, I want Kevin to be there to make those decisions. Like the, Kevin is just someone I trust to the highest. It's just like, I don't know. I, and I'm excited to explore different relationships and uh, explore different things with different people. But being married to Kevin is just something I never want to change. Yeah, I think we're, we're both generally in agreement there. Um, you know, as far as the role, I think, you know, that's something that might, you know, still be challenged at some point mm. by other people, you know, the even something we've seen that like some people really want to take have some kind of ownership, you know, in, in, in a relationship, um, like because I'm dating you in a way like I own you. Mm. And that's obviously an unhealthy way to look at it. But um, I think it's it's, you know, finding balance and you know finding people who can respect that because you know there's there's weirdos yeah. <laughs> weirdos oh and creeps and um obviously that doesn't change you know whether you're monogamous or any other kind of relationship style but um really marriage just solidifies that no matter what happens um i always intended to be with tajane and nothing change that that's a good stopping point that's where i want to end that's where i want people to be like wow what a beautiful episode because that was beautiful um that's episode two we seriously want to thank everyone community 
friends, new friends, everybody who's tuned in, our 17 followers, love that. I'm trying to double that for the next one. Um, it's This is an opportunity for us that I never imagined. So being able to go in depth into our marriage and just to our life, it's, it's, it's humbling. So marriage doesn't have to be this big looming event. It's an opportunity for growth and evolution, just like we talked about. Um, you define it however you want to or don't do it at all. That's really, we're not here to tell you what to do. Um, if you want to see more of my shit talking again, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Tajne S. And that's where I'll be posting more updates about learning love. Yeah, um, we, I really have enjoyed just sitting here and talking with you about this just because, you know, it allows us the opportunity to, you know, really look back at our relationship, you know, kind of reflect on some things where, you know, where we've learned, where we've grown, you know, the little bit of speed bumps along the way that have allowed us, you know, to grow stronger in our relationship and as individuals. So, you know, I, that's, that's why we're sharing, you know, because we want you to also, you know, look back, reflect, um, and see, you know, where you can grow and learn. Mm. Until next time, folks. Bye. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.